feel the kiss of the witch's ween, my darling darklings, for it is time for episode three, Season of the Witch. Yes, it's a three-witch month, and some of us here at the haunted halls of Old System Mastery University. Yes, Old System Mastery you, Old Smoo. Might have forgotten and run out of books with witch in the title, but that won't stop us or our fighting spirit. It's the first edition of Monster Hearts, which contains a witch, on today's ultimate ween-blessed system mastery! Ween. Bad her game is. Ween. She got the John, the three blessings of Ween to you. And all of them unto you. Mm-hmm. What are those, by the way? You know, the traditional ones. Oh, yeah, of course, the traditional ones. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great. Hey, before we get started today, we do have an announcement mastery to read. My goodness. I know. And as always, if you would like an announcement mastery, all you have to do is go to our website and click on the Give Us Some Money tab. And there's a set of instructions you can follow from there. Yeah, and then you can give us some money. It's about 75 bucks, and we'll read your ad right here over the airwaves to our mini fanatical listeners who buy everything we tell them to every single time. That's right. That's our guarantee to you. This guarantee will not be honored. Uh, Okay, I'll take it from here. Now funding on Backer Kit, The World Below is the newest dark fantasy game from Onyx Path Publishing. Developer Matthew Dawkins leads a stunning team, including additional word-setting writing, sorry, additional setting writing from the legendary Ed Greenwood and art from John Cobb oh of my Wraith. God. The legendary Bruce Greenwood? That's right, Bruce Greenwood himself, the famed va- b- Batman voice actor and probably actor who has done other things as well, I don't know, and famed Canadian. Yep. He's one of the most famed Canadians. One of the most. Uh... <laughs> Additional setting writing from the legendary Ed Greenwood and art from John Cobb of Wraith of the Oblivion fame. The World Below combines the lethality of an OSR game with the light narrative-focused gameplay of Onyx Path's StoryPath Ultra System. The World Below is a game of adversity, heroism, terror, and awe. Your characters face terrible beasts. All White Wolf beasts are terrible. Environmental calamities and chaos storms with a K ravaging their surroundings and the souls they encounter. They will chart their journeys, chronicle their tales, and pass their stories down to their descendants, who will, in turn, become your characters when your old ones perish or retire. You must dig. You must explore. You must map. You must build. You must defend. You must build additional pylons. (laughs) Construct, but yes. The world below provides, but only to the worthy. Go to backerkit.com, search the world below, and back today. Yeah, you know, that has popped up several times on my uh, feeds for things where they're like, hey, you're some sort of weird RPG nerd, you want to back this? And I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> hey, look at that. Bionix Path Publishing. I'm down with OPP. Hey. In most scenarios. <laughs> How dare you? How dare I what? How dare you assume that I'm down with OPP? Oh, well, I mean, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the uh, that's the 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 bad the, the the announcement mastery. Yeah, that's, that's what, the professionalism you pay for. That's what we call them. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Hey, I can cut any of this. I just won't. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. You're too lazy and won't remember. <laughs> won't that's remember. our guarantee to you. <laughs> won't remember what? Exactly. Oh, man. So, uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Good. 
I'm skipping right into the episode today. Great. I, I see no reason to do a cut and extra music. We're fine. I see no reason. Mm. I see no reason whatsoever. I see no reason that gunpowder treason should ever be forgotten. <laughs> I don't see any reason that dogs should not vote. <laughs> I mean, there's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball or vote in a congressional election. <laughs> Uh, let dogs vote. So, uh, how are you doing? You're good. You're I'm, good. Everything's fine. I'm okay. Let doing me check again. Great. Yeah, I'm definitely having a rough start this time. Yeah, you can kind of tell. <laughs> I don't know if you can notice that or not. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a, a shaky foundation going on here, like Shaky's Pizza. Oh, Shaky's Pizza. I've eaten shitty there foundation once in my life, and it was deeply unpleasant. It's true. I've yeah. eaten there. I would say. Less than a handful. Yeah. Like, more than once, less than five times, and not good at all. No. In no way. Their pizza doesn't even taste like it was made for food purposes. It feels like it was manufactured entirely to be shot out of the Ninja Turtles battle van. I mean, it honestly does feel like there should be a little sign for display purposes only on their pizza. (laughs) It's like when you go to try and bite one of those apples that's in a bowl, but it came from Kohl's. Yeah. It's that. It's that, but pizza. It's that, but pizza. It should have a warning label that's like, you know, definitely use this primarily to blow up foot soldier robots. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's got a little sign next to the pizza that says this is not a place of honor. (laughs) No esteemed pepperoni is buried here. Yes, there's nothing hidden under this cheese. What is what is stuffed in this crust is abhorrent to us. <laughs> it is the same in your time as it was in ours. <laughs> so we we're going to discuss Monster Hearts. That's right, the, the first, first edition, edition yeah. of Monster Hearts. We're because t- there is a second edition, there, so we're allowed to do it. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That and and that's definitely how we always make those rules. Especially not the only other time we've reviewed a PBTA game. Yeah, we've we've never broken our rules. They're hard and fast, yeah. oh, just wait. like me. I think we've done three now, counting this, because we also did Apocalypse World at this point. Yep. So this is the third a PBTA type game. Assuming that one would call uh, Apocalypse World powered by the Apocalypse, I don't know if you would. No, probably not. It'd be like calling D and D an OGL product. (laughs) I don't know if I don't know if it is like technically. Meh. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, uh, Monster Hearts is the PBTA game of playing as high school students who are also textually like hypertextually. Hypertext transfer protocol. Pro- protocol. <laughs> they are hypertext links. <laughs> uh huh. Monsters. I'm yeah. saying that largely because over. I, I, this is my first time reading it, like for real. Like I've played it even before, but I've never actually sat down and read the book. Uh huh. Um, that I, I've I've endured a number of discussions over the years from people who have discussed how you how they aren't sure if the monsters in this are metaphorical or not. Yes. Like are, when you're playing as the ghoul, are you actually like a flesh eating, decaying monster who? who's cannibalistic in some capacity, or are you actually just playing a teenager who evinces the qualities of a ghoul? Yeah. And then the book is like, oh, no, they're ghouls. Yeah. No, the book is very clearly like, yeah, your ass is a werewolf. You transform under the full moon into a werewolf. Yes. But but couldn't the transformation into a werewolf under the full moon be seen as sort of an, a, uh, you know, a metaphor for an especially complicated menstrual cycle. Yes. If you're watching the movie Ginger Snaps, yes. and you're like, and I am, oh, right yes, now. what a wonderful metaphor. That is also about a literal, actual werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but are they actually werewolves, or are they simply extra hairy Michael J. Foxes? Oh, I'm sorry, Foxen. Foxen. Yeah. Uh... Who I believe is also a metaphorical teen wolf. <laughs> metaphorical. It's, it's more about the, uh, the perils of learning how to shave. Yeah. And surf on the top of buses. The perils of surfing on a bus. Uh-huh. 
Uh, you know, Monster Hearts was the first PBTA game I ever came across. Oh, interesting. Like, before the actual Apocalypse World or Dungeon World or anything else, Monster Hearts is the first one that I ever saw and was like, oh, this is what the whole PBTA thing is about. Okay. And that definitely colored the way I looked at other PBTA games going forward. Because if you start from here and then go off from that, you're like, man, it feels weird reading some other games that aren't as, like, tightly focused as this is. Yeah, this is very specific in terms of what you're doing with it. The other thing is it feels like a much more narrative direct connect line to Apocalypse World than a lot of the other games that I've read from the PBTAs. Yeah. Like, this one still has sex moves. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's because this being a very early, uh, like, PBTA game, like, one of the first, like, oh, let's use the Apocalypse World rules and make something of it. Yeah. Having that be like, oh, well, I'm using those rules. Obviously, I'm going to do a sex move thing in there. But then also looking at the rules that Apocalypse World had and going, all right, but what is a setting where a sex move makes sense? Yeah. And being like steamy teen romance where you're all like sexy monsters. Yeah. Obviously, you have a sex move in that. That's great. Yeah. It's perfect. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and just like it does in Apocalypse World, it ends up primarily being a narrative tool you use to kind of exchange strings and gain power over other people or learn stuff, as opposed to just, you know, how good were you at sex? Roll pl- 2d6 plus sex to determine how sexed you were. Yeah, and honestly, there are, in the same way that there were in uh, Apocalypse World, in Monster Hearts, there are definitely some sex moves where you're like, you know, if I'm power gaming, I would never do this because it literally can only be bad for me <laughs> yes but but you're not no but the whole point is you're like yeah but i'm doing this because it's interesting from a narrative perspective which is all this has because the the weird thing to me about monster hearts and i've always wondered about this because more so than i ever wondered about whether the monsters were textual or subtextual was what is the uh, range between pvp and cooperative play expected to be in this game Mm-hmm. Like the for the most part, yeah the the person running it, the storyteller, uh, the referee, whatever you want to call them, yeah, the is, master of ceremonies, the master in of this ceremonies, game. thank you, is supposed to populate the world with a number of NPCs that do not work the same way as PCs. They have their yeah. own structure of rule set. Uh, but how much time are you supposed to be spending fucking over the other people at the table versus helping them? Uh, and what is the end game state? Like, what are you supposed to do? And the book is very straightforward about it. It's like, oh, yeah, just just see what happens. That's that's what this is. There's no end goal here. I mean, I think one of the most uh, telling and indicative things that gets written in this book mm. to really get you in the mindset of like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, is this PVP? Is this PVE? What am I doing here? The initial concept of there is no acceptance without conditions in this game yeah no one is like i love someone unconditionally and there is no strings attached to that they're like no this is a game about being like in high school and being kind of shitty and even if you don't think of yourself as being shitty you kind of are because you can't help but being that way yeah and the whole like yeah you even if you do end up being like, oh, well, this person is my friend and they are my good friend and I don't want to purposefully fuck them over. The game is still like, 
yeah, but you being friends with them has consequences that isn't great for everybody. Like, there should always be something driving drama. There should be some sort of pressure, conflict, no matter what. Everyone should have something that they're like, I have friction with people. And even if you're like, ooh, I really like this person. They're hot and I want to get with them. But you're still going to go, but they're kind of a fucker and I kind of don't like them. And I think having that be a central idea for that going in and players knowing like off the bat, like, yeah, you're going to be playing shitty teenagers that suck at this. Like Mm -hmm. you're doing social things, but you're a teenager. You are bad at doing social things. Yeah. Is great to get you in that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Like you were talking earlier about how this was the first PBTA game that you ever personally encountered. Yeah. And mine was masks, Ah, which is also about messy teenage drama. It's just that it's got a different kind of lens through which it's viewing it. And it's a lot more, shall we say, PG rated. Yes. Uh, It's a lot more about how you interrelate between each other in terms of, uh, respect and trust and and there's uh, a lot more also between like generationally how you relate to adults where this is like no adults don't matter this is all teens yeah adults can't possibly participate in this world they've moved beyond it they've already gone to the other side of the looking glass yeah uh so that's it's got a very uh kids next door vibe to it where yeah there's adults around and they're either villains or they are absolutely non-entities exactly (laughs) honestly i'm just now thinking about how great i'd love a kids next door pbta (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would fucking rule. <laughs> so, um, codename kids next door in case you're, you, you got to say the whole title. I'm sorry. You got to do yeah. the whole thing. You got to do the whole title or no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. No one would ever possibly guess from context clues when you say kids next door. You got to remember that that show has been off the air for like 15 years. There are probably listeners who genuinely have no idea what I'm talking about. No, not our listeners. Oh, that's fair. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> also a PBTA based on total drama Island, please. <laughs> There you go. I don't want it, but someone probably does. Someone. And I would like the dollars. I'd like someone to like that game. Yeah. And that that show. Uh, and then that show that followed it where they were like daycare or something. I mean, there were a million total drama whatevers. Yeah. So, eh. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I just know it existed. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean. Total just drama to, fosters home for imaginary friends. Just to do a quick overview for those who are, you know. Not aware of what PBTA is. Maybe this is the first episode you've listened to. You always got to assume that. There's always someone. Uh, The basic idea uh, is you are going to be rolling two six-sided dice. Mm -hmm. Most things will have, if you roll a six or below, you have failed at it. Yeah. A seven to nine is a usually a success but or a success with a condition. Uh Uh-huh. Or just uh, less of a success. Yeah, or a minor success. Yes. Uh, 10 plus is a complete success, and, you know, depending on what you're doing, maybe you get a bonus thing, or there's no possible bad stuff that can come from it. Yeah. And when you are rolling, you'll usually be rolling those 2d6 and either adding or subtracting one of your stats. Uh, I say subtracting because you could have a negative number in a stat, which will reduce the total. Yeah, and every starting character is going to have at least one negative number, so that's that's a normal thing. Yes. Uh, in this game, you only have four stats, and you get two at one and two at minus one. Yeah, this one's got a little bit of a harder spread than a lot of PBTAs I've read. I think oh, they're getting yeah. more generous over time. Yeah, I think this one really feels like, oh, if you're not, like, you have your two things that you want to do... And otherwise, you're like, no, I don't want to do the things that aren't that, because I'm just bad at them, and there's no reason I would be good at them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, granted, it's it's two minus ones and two plus ones, and also a floating plus one to be applied out where you'd like it. So you can start with two ones, a zero, and a minus one, or a two. You you, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, but it, that's not enough to swing it above where other PBT games games start. This one wants you to start out messy and bad at shit. Yeah. Uh, and like basically any other pbta there are a bunch of playbooks they are called skins in this game mm -hmm. and that will inform what type of moves you can do mm -hmm. and the moves are all ways in which you can do specific things there are generic ones that everyone can do yeah and then each playbook or skin has its own set of unique ways to interact with the world yes that's always been kind of one of my sticking points to trying to learn a number of pbta games is that the moves tend to have names that are a little too twee for me to give it, like give a shit about. They're often too tied into the continuity of the universe that the game's set in. So you'll you'll see things like, well, I can activate my move scan to deep dive within a pool of dark. And I'm like, what the fuck does that do? Uh, it's an attack. Like I can attack. I'm like, what the fuck is that a reference to something? What is happening? Huh? But here it's not that bad. You've got, uh, you've got. Let's see, uh, hold steady. Uh, oh, you're just talking about the generic the, ones? The, the generic move package. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's the next thing to go into before we get to the scans. Yeah, so the... And turn on. The generic ones that you could do uh, are you can turn someone on. Yeah. And that can be done without even, like, actively going after something. If you're just like, oh, yeah, my character just looks fucking hot. Yeah. Then the MC might be like, oh, well, someone else can see you roll to turn them on. Yes. Uh, you can manipulate an NPC as a roll. Uh-huh. Uh, you can shut someone down. Yep. Uh, you can hold steady, which is mostly like, oh, if something terrifying or terrible is happening to you, you can yeah. not run away. Or in, even if said situations, if it's about to. If you're yeah. like, oh, if to go into that room, you know it's going to be scary in there, so you have to roll hold steady before you can even go in. Yeah. Uh, opposite of that, you can just run away. Yeah. Uh, you can lash out physically, which is pretty much the only, like actual physical violence thing you can do outside of some books special moves yeah some skins have their own and which then this game does have a health track yeah and then gaze into the abyss which is the i would like to ask some questions that one's always got the worst name even here where it's not that bad like gaze into the abyss I, i've also seen it as cast the scan spell perform a deep dive yeah um it's always just you can ask the the uh mc in this situation a number of questions that uh is determined by your role yeah in this case because it's supernatural stuff that you're dealing with you generally get visions so on a 10 you're like oh your visions are detailed and they actually give you the answers to things on a seven to nine you're like oh you don't really know what the fuck is going on and you probably get a condition at the end of drained yeah yeah but i mean in, in a seven through nine you'd probably learn one thing about what's going on and then get your drained condition because that's still the partial success. You get yeah. something. Everybody getting something. Well, you get to pick whether the visions are confusing and alarming or they're lucid and detailed, but you're drained. Right. So it could be like, I'm going to give you vague ideas or I'll give you a clear idea, but I'll give you a condition. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, conditions in the game are whatever you want them to be. Yes. In fact, I have I have a bone to pick about a few of them. Very very small bone to pick. Yeah. A, a, a paltry bone. A bone that will impress no one. <laughs> Yes, a very uh, small bone that everyone is very ashamed to see. Yes, I mean, basically, the condition list, there are some that are kind of universally assumed, like frightened or terrified, uh, but there, it, basically, it's just make yours up. Yeah, uh, it's whatever ashamed. you do if you manage to put a condition on someone. Yeah. Most of the time, unless it has a very specific thing you do, it'll be like, 
oh, you can give someone a condition. And it's open-ended, so you can be like, all right, what were you doing? What is the condition they have? So if you were being, oh, I'm being scary, you could give them frightened, or you could give them something completely different. It doesn't matter. You yeah. could give them, like, uh, they're arachnophobic instead of just frightened, yes. if you want to go more specific. But yeah. the way you use conditions is if you can leverage that condition, you can get a bonus to a roll. Yeah. The bone I have to pick is largely that it, the, the list of options that they include is things like ashamed, frightened, fag, uh, terrified, marked for prey, threatened, slut. And I'm like, I, I get that you really wanted to be edgy and put those those ones that are straight up like adjectives in there, but the, functionally they do everything around them just all at once where you're like, oh, at my high school, I've been marked as fag. Now now I have to be equally, equally measures terrified, threatened, marked as prey, ashamed. It's just a way to roll them all up into one nice, easy slur that I would rather just not see, especially when you absolutely did not have to. I mean, I understand why it is in there because you're like, yeah, this is the thing that why you have a condition is because you are in high school and someone has been like, oh, I'm spreading rumors you're a slut. No, I know. Like, I know why they're the in there. the condition is. I don't disagree with that. The, the problem is that they're so sexually specific when they don't need to be how come ashamed could also be or, or fag could also be ashamed but there's nothing in there that's like peed your pants i mean that could be it but could this be, isn't about but it's peeing not, your pants it's not this is about sexuality and being queer <laughs> you know that's actually a fairly good point i will give it to you i just don't feel like it was necessary i think it was edginess for its own sake um i just i would have preferred to not see it especially given how much those overlap with the other ones that were already present eh, that's fair yeah and call me unnecessarily prudish, I suppose. I just feel like it, it's completely unnecessary to have it. That's fine. Yeah. So so anyway, that's that was the bone to pick. You see what I mean about being kind of a paltry one. It's not really that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. And it's not like any of the moves are like, and this specifically does that. No, nothing does. It's, it's included in the example of go ahead and make up whatever you need. Yes. Here's a list of things we made up. Yeah. So that that's where it is. And I was like, oh, I don't need that. that, that no, I mean, I understand why you might want. I would not be happy if someone used it in a game I was in. Yeah. I mean, it, it given that it is a game by a queer person. Yeah, no, I know. And that being one of those things where you're like, yeah, you might not want to in your game. And obviously that's why, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of uh, tools exist for safety yeah. in RPGs. And this is one of the few games that I've really read where I'm like, oh, most of the time when I'm sitting down to play like D&D &D and someone goes, we'll be using the X card. I'm just kind of like okay, I don't I don't think me killing a goblin is going to matter. But a game like this, I'm like, no, there very well could be some oh. shit that you will definitely go, uh, no, we need to go past this. Yeah, no, I, and you know, I, ultimately, I think this game does queer stuff extraordinarily well. Yeah. So I'm. it's a very, like I said, it's a very minor bone to pick. And yes, I know the author is queer. I am also queer, which is a, a big reason why I don't consider it a perfect shield against criticism. Yes. Um, But it's just a thing where I'm surprised to see fag listed in there, but not, for example, homophobe mm -hmm. as something that you can be marked as. Yes, obviously you can mark someone as a homophobe and have them be outed to the community as that and, and receive effectively the same response, but it's it's not there largely because the book is a horror book and not a righteous book about, about characters succeeding by exactly. outing the bullies of their school. Yeah, this is about you getting bullied. Yes. So especially, you know, going into the queer thing, the fact that uh, this book has the turn on, turn someone on mechanic and then multiple pages, I would say at least two separate pages throughout the book scattered about 
don't try and say you can't be turned on by a straight per- by a person of the same gender as you because you're straight or whatever. That is not allowed. All turning yeah. on works on everyone all the time because you never know what you are actually into. You are in high school and you are figuring that out. Exactly. And that's one of my favorite things in there is them going like, no, you can't shut down the turn someone on. You might, your character might be like, no, I'm straight. But you were turned on by that. Yeah. How do they deal with that? Like, what does that mean for them when they're like, oh, I thought I was straight. And then I saw my buddy in the locker room and went, damn, nice. And then you have to sit there and go, fuck, what does that mean for me? Yeah. Largely because that produces some really good uh, teen drama story. Yeah. Like, especially the ones where it's like, I don't know how to react to that. So I become violent, that kind of, that sort of thing. And I mean, it gives one of the base mechanics of this is strings. So, you know, turning someone on means that you can get a string against someone. And yeah. strings are essentially social currency. Yeah. So if you have a string against someone, then you can spend that to do some things. There's a whole list of things you can spend strings on, whether they're PCs or NPCs. Mm-hmm. But it is during the course of play, whether it's you know secrets about them, you have some sort of social hierarchy that makes you like oh i was uh better than you in sports at one point and i lorded over you or i know you're into me or whatever it happens to be they can also just be physical objects like i i am currently i I stole your t-shirt a while back and i have a string over you because i mean only if you're the witch oh well yeah that's right i did just build the witch so maybe i'm a little uh, uh, yet i mean i think it can work that way for other people. no it's literally just the witch oh all right okay (laughs) yeah the witch gets to use actual stuff tokens. as yeah. uh, strings. Yeah. I thought it was like if you're playing as the mortal and you get someone's class ring or whatever, you can treat that as having taken a string on them. We're sure it's representational. Like, technically, it isn't the ring that is the string you hold over them, but the act of them giving it to you is still oh, yeah. enough to generate the string. And that probably would happen if you're like, yeah. oh, I managed to convince my lover to give me their class ring. You'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, great. You get a string on them. If the ring goes away, though, you don't lose the string, whereas the witch is, if you lost that ring, you would not have that string anymore. That is also true. But if you lost the ring, then perhaps you'd also generate a new string because you lost the ring. And that's like a $200 Jostens ring. <laughs> Go Their parents Jostens. are going to be pissed. Yeah. Like, how much money did I spend on that dumb horse shit? Mm-hmm. With that flattened out Cabicon jewel that's got the uh, the embrazen, or, uh, emblazoned image of our logo, the fighting ducks underneath. So you can just <laughs> see it under the jewel there. It was so much money. Ugh. Go Ducks and go Jostens. (laughs) Go away, Jostens. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, you've got strings, which are one of the main mechanics in here, Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to conditions. You do have the sex moves, which every skin has their own thing of, if you have sex, something happens. Uh Uh-huh. And I think one of the only other unique two monster hearts, because there's things like, carrying forward which is yeah. just you get a bonus to a different role later stuff mm-hmm. like that is in most pbta there's also the health track which is not unique to this but the the, impl- uh, the functionality of it is yeah the the thing that is unique to this is the darkest self yes uh every skin has a darkest self and it's just oh this is you fully indulging in all of your worst impulses yeah it's the white wolf curse it Every is, one of the White Wolf books comes with that fucking great curse. It's that, but for your skin. It's just, oh, are you 
a whatever, well, you now become the hyper shitty version of that. Yeah. Are you a werewolf? Well, now you're on a rampage. You're on a big old werewolf rampage and you're climbing a building and eating the civilians in there. And the only way to stop is to get turned into a tiny little naked guy or lady. I forget which one was that. <laughs> uh, Lizzie was the girl. Yeah. Lizzie so, was the lizard. Yeah. So, so there, there, that's your answer. <laughs> there's, there's, your answer. there's your rampage answer of the day. <laughs> Tune in next week for more rampage trivia. Rampage of the day. Uh, but yeah, so whatever it happens to be, it's just, you become that concept to the nth degree. Yes. And you can't stop being that until a specific condition for all of them have their own thing. So like, if you are the Fae is one of the skins and you're all about like, oh, I'm kind of like sexy and capricious and I'm all about getting people to make bargains with me and like promises and supernatural things like that. If you become your darkest self, then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, everything I hear is a promise. And I'm constantly like going after people for breaking promises. Even if they're just like, Oh man, I'll never drink again. And then they have a drink and you're like, I'll fucking murder you. Punishment. Uh, to escape that you have to rebalance the scales of justice, which pretty nebulous. Which, for a lot of skins, the escape clause is yeah. like, oh, there's something very specific, and some are just, you know, make a thing happen. What thing? Ah, Well, the out. one I just read, because I was building the character for bonus content, which is over at patreon.com slash systemmastery at the $2 level, um, was the witch. And the witch is, is, is this, like, you you immediately become a person who, who attacks anyone for any perceived slight of any kind at any time. You will try to kill all of your friends, and the only way to stop it is to be nice to one of them. And I'm like, you're going to have to, I, I'm going to, th- those two sentences, it's not quite that. It's, you have to it's, make peace with the person you hurt most. Yeah. It's, or give peace to the person you hurt most, which I think might also include killing them. No. Hey, that's uh, granting someone some peace. No, definitely not. I'm the MC for this game. That's horseshit. And you don't, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's basically like, oh, you have to re it, you know, essentially you have to realize you have hurt someone and feel remorse for it. And come over to them and basically be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's the the way in which this works for a lot of it is realizing you have been shitty is what most of the getting out of the darkest self is about. Yes. And, you know, like if you play The Chosen, which is essentially the Buffy the Vampire Slayer skin. Yeah. They're like, oh, if you're your darkest self, you have to go off by yourself because no one's as strong as you and you're definitely able to take whatever the big bad is. And you're like, oh, how do I get out of that? Either someone shows up to rescue you from being a dumbass or you wake up in the hospital. Yeah. And it's one of those, oh, you have to realize either you can't do this on your own because someone else helps you or you can't do it on your own because you get the shit kicked out of you. Yes. But it's all about realizing that you have fucked up. And that is one of the other things in this is you have advancement like in any pbta game you get you know five xp you can advance and get one of the things from the advancement list which is usually you know increase a stat get a new move Mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah sometimes it'll be things like take a move from a special playbook of advanced moves this one doesn't do that rather this one it gets a lot more uh, incestuous and uh, a lot of the options are take moves from other skins yes but one of the and also a lot more incest (laughs) just straight up incest just don't don't try and put that in this game. Yeah, that's I, I'm, I'm right there in the game <laughs> because our cousins are so attractive. Uh, but one of the things it does have is if 
you are playing and someone gets their fifth advance, so someone gets five of these things, then you've triggered the end of the season. And they're like, okay, uh, you've got basically this session and one more session, mm-hmm. and then we're going to end the season. And then you can get growing up moves. Yeah. And that's the time where you can be like, those are the advanced moves, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, oh, now you can actually go ahead and get one of these. And it's instead of doing something like shutting someone down, which is just like, what are you? I'm super catty and I'm going to tell them to, to shut up and know their place. You can get call someone on their shit because you're like, no, I'm starting to go beyond the teenage bullshit. Mm-hmm. And as soon as someone starts being like, well, if you do whatever, you're not invited to whatever party. You can be like, why are you doing this? Who gives a shit? What the fuck? Who cares? <laughs> like, the all of the growing up moves are all just like, you can make someone feel beautiful. Yeah. You can call someone out on their shit. You can intervene against violence. Yeah, exactly. So when they're like, they're like, well, how dare you? You're never going to do an invitation to the fanciest party in town. You'd be like, well, I don't care because I've been drinking milk. <laughs> And having sex with my cousin textually. <laughs> I just said they're very attractive. Ugh. I actually don't know any of my cousins, so I feel very safe in making... Oh, that's it. weird. I know a lot of your cousins, and they're very attractive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you be attracted to my cousins? I consider that incest somehow. <laughs> that's incest by proxy. <laughs> All sex is incest by proxy. <laughs> and that's why it's disgusting and everyone needs to stop it. That's right. Mm-hmm. We're anti-sex here. <laughs> We're antis. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I think, I guess one of the other sort of weird things in advancement is I think almost everyone except maybe the mortal has a gang they can get as an yeah, advancement. Or, or some kind of thing. Like the, the mortal specifically doesn't because the mortal in this game is driven. It's basically a codependency machine. It's Bella Swan. Yeah, it's Bella Swan. Like your whole thing is deriving power and pleasure from being the object of desire from one person who is dangerous to you. Yeah. So you're 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 playing with fire basically is, is the, uh, the, the the whole time. You're like, oh, I've, I've managed to win my way into this werewolf's good graces, and I can I can unleash them on my enemies, and at the same time, I feel so safe within them, even though they could just bite me at any time, and oh my god, isn't that so hot? That's the mortal, so it doesn't make sense for them to have a gang. No, because their whole thing is essentially being alone. Yeah. And only focusing on whatever the object of their desire is. If anything, the only way the mortal could possibly swing that is if one of their advancements was get another lover and you can't have both of them active at the same time. Yeah, I'm going to get the advancement polycule. Yeah, well, not even polycule, but just like, am I on Jacob, Team Jacob or Team Edward? You know, where it's like, now there's a werewolf that's also interested in you. What do you think about that vampire? That would be the only way you could really do it. But for everyone else, they're like, most of these monsters tend to hang around with like monsters or be in charge of lesser stuff. So you can be in a coterie of, or a, a coven of witches or a, a coterie, coterie of, of vampires, vampires or a pack of werewolves. And there's at least one class that is entirely defined by its grouping. And it's probably the class I think is the most interesting in here, which is the queen. Mm-hmm. Because the queen, along with the chosen, which kind of exists on the periphery of being supernatural because it has supernatural powers to hunt monsters, but otherwise is a normal person. And the mortal... Um, the queen is not magic and not, it's more of a high school trope than it is a monster. Yes. It's basically being like, all right, we have all of these monsters and sexy vampires and things going on. And then of course the mortal who has to be the object of affection for one of them. Yeah. But the 
Queen can be supernatural. It has the ability to be. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's just, what is this? It's the popular girl or, like, the popular boy. It is someone who's like, what are you? I'm defined by being the head of a clique. Like, I'm either the head of the mean girls or I'm the captain of the football team or whatever it happens to be. You played a great game. You're <laughs> Tell Johnny Football Hero, <laughs> he played a great game. See, I know how to do this. And your whole thing is being defined by you have a group of people that are around you at all time that are your sycophants. Yes. So, and again, you can have it be like, oh yeah, no, it's actually like a yeah. hive mind if you want to pick that move. Oh, but yeah, if you, you can, don't, you can just be human. Yeah, you can be a human, like, you know, just just uh, the, the captain of the cheerleading squad, or you can be like the queen bee if you want and be like, yeah, everyone, everyone I meet and sting becomes one of my drones. And I am a monster archetype, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm the xenomorph queen, whatever you want it to be. So there's there's no reason not to, but uh, unlike the other ones, it can be played both. Like, you can't play a vampire in this game and not be a vampire. Yes. You can't get away with it and be like, oh, my character's like an energy vampire. Like, they're just sort of subtextually van. No, like their moves are powered by draining blood from people. I mean, a lot of these have, like metaphorical things oh, sure, obviously like the works that way you know if you're the infernal you're like oh yeah you're addicted to something and you have someone that gives you what you need but it's an abusive relationship and they're taking advantage of you and you're like yeah textually it is yeah you have a deal with a demon like that's what's going on but metaphorically having someone who's like oh i've gotten in too deep i'm addicted to drugs or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. and i've got a shitty abusive relationship with my dealer like you can do that, but textually, you are actually, yes, someone who has demonic powers. Yeah. Whereas the queen can just be like, nah, fuck it, I'm just some random person. Yeah, for the most part, there are some that are closer to the, the veil of you could play this as a regular person who's just got a weird personality or whatever. But others like like uh, Werewolf is a really good example of one where, no, you, you can't. You are a werewolf. Oh, yeah. Like, your, your darkest self is that you turn into a wolf monster. You have regular transformations into a wolf monster that you have to contend with. There's no getting out of it. You can't be like, oh, no, I've got a blackhead. I am. No one can see I'm, me. I'm a I've hideous just got monster. A, a rage problem. I'm yeah. just angry. And I'm I'm that type of guy who, like, loses a game of ping pong and punches a hole in the drywall. Yeah. No, you can be that. Also, you turn into a wolf monster. Yes. Perhaps both. That would be a good way to run it. Yeah. Uh, should we go over the playbooks? Do you want to go through them? Or should we... I mean, just to mention the health track real quick, we mentioned Lash Out. Uh, it does damage commensurate with the type of attack you're doing. Uh, most, like, physical attacks that aren't done with a, like, lethal weapon just do one harm. Everyone has four. If you do take all four harm, you die. Yep. You straight up die. You can get out of it by dropping, I think it's all of your XP uh, or advancements. You get out of it by... Uh, either you become your darkest self, so you either give in to all your shittiest things and yeah. fully heal, uh, or you lose every string you have on everyone. You just give up all clout you have, and then you can survive. Yes. Uh, so you, you can fully die in this game and come back as someone else. Perhaps even come back as the ghost, one of the playbooks that you can play as, although yeah. there's no mechanic for that, so I'm just saying it'd be a fun thing to do. I mean, you do also have the ghoul does have a specific move of, yeah, you died and it doesn't matter. You come yes. back later. Who cares? You were already dead. Yeah. Yeah. So should, you want to go over the playbooks? I mean, I guess we can. Yeah. So you've got uh, the chosen, which, as I said, is your Buffy the Vampire Slayer type. Uh, you are strong and hot and you're fighting monsters. You've got 
feel like the, and hot might not even be needed here. I mean, well, given one of your good stats is hot. Oh, that's fair. I was just going to say most of these people are super hot. Like, that's just part of it. No, but you are actually, you know, mechanically hot. You run hot. You are, No, you are mechanically sexy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're a hot runner. That's what I'm saying. You don't run like Steven Seagal. Uh, Steven Seagal, very famously bad-looking runner. Yeah, have you ever watched him? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I've watched anything with Steven Seagal. It's always ridiculous. Yeah, but his run cycle is the same in all of his movies, and it's like he doesn't quite know what to do with his arms, so they're just kind of doing this the whole time. Like, I'm, I know this is terrible podcasting, but just Google Steven Seagal running and you'll see what When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, huh? uh, you have the Fey, which is you're a Fey, either a Fey creature or someone who's been affected by like the Fey, and your whole deal is contracts, bargains, promises. But also, there's a whole lot of stuff about like the Fey court and mm-hmm. the fairy king, and you don't have to engage with that. But if you want to, you can be like. Oh yeah, I'm going to bring an entire fey realm into like what is a part of this. One of my moves is straight up I take someone with me to the fey realm. Yeah, and one of your advancements is that you can belong to the fey court, I believe. So you can have an a a, a big grouping of NPCs and have you to You got a jury them. of fey. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of you can really bring in the unseelie realms to your game with the, with this one uh playbook if you'd like to. Yeah. Uh, after that is the ghost. Hi, I'm dead. That's that's the ghost. You're dead. Yep. Uh, you get to define how you died and, and uh, what you're still doing here. And, and yeah, your whole thing is you've got trauma. You've got some unresolved shit. But, you know, your trope is generally, oh, I'm the person who's ignored. Yeah, I feel like no one ever sees me. Hey. Yeah, get it? Because they're ghosts. Yeah. And also they can walk through walls. Yes. And sometimes <laughs> they can walk through walls. <laughs> I remember their sex move is what again? Oh, it's just uh, the one where you learn about each other. Yeah. Yeah. Each of you gets to answer a, a direct and honest question about the other. It's probably the the most relationship positive one of all the sex moves in this game. Where you're oh, just, for sure. Where you're just like, let's learn about each other through sex. Whereas the mortal is the absolute worst oh, yeah, one. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I had sex with the mortal. What happens? You become your darkest self. You get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect for what the mortal wants, which is to feel dangerous all the, or in danger all the time. I mean, it, like, it perfectly I, goes with the whole Twilight thing of yeah. like, oh, you have sex with the mortal and now you feel so bad about it because you are a monster and then you give in to monsterhood. Yeah. Or like you have sex with with, uh, Edward finally and then you have a terrifying baby that's in love with a werewolf automatically and it just doesn't work for anybody. Everyone goes to their darkest self. Everyone's just like, ew, no. No, this is the worst part of this. (laughs) The best part of this was that giant dream fight that happened like five minutes ago. It's the only part of any of those movies I've ever watched. Uh, the ghoul is after that. The ghoul is defined by their rampaging, unhealthy hunger. Uh, they are also, much like the ghost, dead, but they're more of a zombie um, than, or like they're a ghoul, really. Uh, so, But it doesn't need to be a hunger for flesh. It can be. You can oh, yeah. be a cannibal. But they give you an easy out as things like you are addicted to the taste of chaos. Or power or yeah. fear. And I do at least like when they talk about it, they're like, look, you can't just be like, 
haha, you can't jump out at someone and be like, boo, and that's your hunger for fear, Sation. You're like, no, you have to fully fucking terrify someone to the point that they are going to lose their shit. Yeah. Because you need to indulge in something bad. Yeah, like if you have a taste for chaos, the only way you're going to fucking sate that shit is to host your own game show called What's My Name? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. In a word. <laughs> God damn it. I was all set up with that joke and I saw the realization on your face by the time I said, you. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> it's a good thing get... this isn't about you. Nope. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they are, you know, undead monsters that have a hunger for something that they need to sate and you can you know it has four that you can pick from initially but like one of their moves they can get is just oh you get another hunger yeah which seems like oh why would you do that that's just a penalty but they do have the ability to oh if you sate your hunger you can get a whole bunch of nonsense that's good for you if you want plus it's just a great thing for realism's sake like if you've already got a powerful hunger but then arby's releases a whole new kind of sandwich I've got a hunger for power and Arby's new hero. <laughs> Six ninety nine, and their sex move is just oh, I'm now I now have a hunger for fucking the person I just fucked. That's right, you develop an immediate hunger for that person sexually. Uh, next is the infernal. You made a dark deal with some sort of demon. When you get it, you have to come up with a name for your dark power and then a like title. So they have things like the poisoner or the trickster or the glutton or whatever. And that just lets the MC go like, okay, what kind of demon are you in a deal with? What are they going to want? What are they going to force you to do? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, if you've got a demon, that's like, Oh, I'm the trickster. Yep. Like, okay, that's going to be a very different deal than someone who's like, Oh, my demon is the butcher. Like, yeah. Okay. Those are different types of things. Yeah. I love that they have the full list. That said, this is my least favorite one for no other reason than the petty reason that I hate the guy's eye makeup. Huh? The, uh, the art guy. I'm just like, ew, he's got like drama eye makeup. I don't trust this guy. He's going to be a bad top or something. Ah. So, but otherwise, I think it's actually one of the more interestingly written ones. Oh, yeah. I think it's super neat. Uh, I mean, I like basically every skin in here. Oh, I sure. I think they're sure. neat. Yeah. Uh, after that is the mortal. We've gone a lot, a lot into the mortal so far, just because it's one of the more interesting ones. Uh, they did a great job of ha- slotting how a normal person slides into this universe, which is by being the kind of person that would want to. Oh yeah. Well, your whole deal is. I mean, you have to start with you have one lover. That person doesn't need to love you back. Yeah. But you just have someone you love. Yeah, like you give them a gun rack for their birthday. <laughs> What am I going to do with the gun rack? I don't have a gun, let alone many guns, which would necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> ah, that makes me feel better about the chaos. One. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you have things where you're like, oh, you can get a string on someone if you forgive them for hurting you. Yeah. They're all about just like, oh, yeah, I enable the worst things about other people i am bella swan and i shouldn't be a hero yeah no i really i appreciate that one just because it's so much hard on its sleeve like you are not playing a hero you are not a charming ingenue who's going to come out of this okay yeah it's not just like ooh, i have to pick between my two sweet lovers Oh, and I'm so special and everyone likes me. It's like, no, you suck. Yeah, you're you're t- you've wandered into this field of monsters who are trying to get by and you're like, 
basically doing all the white ninja thing. We're like poking him with a stick and be like, do something. Hey, I heard someone else doesn't like you, but I like mm-hmm. you. You should fuck them up. You should werewolf about it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so hot. Yeah, it's it's uh it's probably my favorite. Or I think Queen is my all time favorite, but I really like this one for the purposes of hitting the theme. Oh yeah, of the game, which is very much take your hands off the wheel and let the drama happen. Yeah, if you have a mortal in your game of Monster Hearts, you're like, oh, you've got a full shit stir. Yeah, they like, are just there to make shit worse. Yeah, like there's a bit of DM advice in here or MC advice in here that I, I really enjoyed, which is if you find yourself at any point thinking two moves ahead. Step back and stop that, because that's not what this game is. Yeah. You should never have a plan in your mind that uh, that assumes what anyone else at the table is going to do or might do. Yes. Which I really appreciated for the purposes of turning this nasty sandbox into something I would actually want to sit down and play in. Because otherwise, with no end state, I'm always kind of like, eh, I, I guess we're just surviving till season. But when you're like, just take your hands off the wheel, let the chaos happen, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, this isn't about goals. This is about being a messy teen. Yeah. Uh, after that is the Queen. Yep. We talked a lot about that one as well. They're powered by having a retinue of, of sycophants that follow them around. They have a variety of types they can choose from. You can even get another one that doesn't have to be the same kind. So if you're like, well, I've already got my cheerleading squad who are rich and have fancy cars and can give me what I want that way. I can also become a darling of a local like gun nut community. And now I've got murderers who will work for me as well. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm I'm the captain of the football team. So I've got the football team as one of my cliques. Also, I run a cult secretly, so I have a cultist as well. Yeah, as one of my clicks. Yeah, I just I, they're really neat. They can do things like give away or their uh, their followers for sex to people in exchange for a, a bonus to a turn on roll that they make to, against someone else. So they are not good. They are a bad type of person. Oh yeah, and you can gain telepathic connection with all of your gang members if you want to go the supernatural route. But, but again, in, you don't have to. But in that nasty way where it only benefits you. Yes. Like they don't get a telepathic connection with you, and I feel like I could even sell that in a non tele or a non supernatural capacity. It's just that you're playing that that on top of it mean girl that's so good at predicting the the aspects of high school that they're like, of course you're doing that. Oh, you're well, I you. Mean, the other thing is like, oh, I can always hear they're like thoughts and emotions and fears and you're like oh that's not telepathy that's their friends tell me whenever anyone Mm -hmm. else says anything because as soon as like oh britney thinks she's gonna be in charge but you have another sycophant that hangs out with britney and is like oh she was saying this behind your back and then you go confront her about it yeah plus all of them are played by extremely emotive character actors like natasha leon and so on so (laughs) it's it's super easy to read them that's that's your power (laughs) super easy barely an inconvenience (laughs) Uh, you have the vampire, classic vampire. Uh, you know, you can decide how you want to lean into it because you can pick like, oh, you can't enter a home without being invited. If you want to do like classic weird vampire shit. Yeah, the first step to vampires is to sit down and say, okay, what's bullshit and what's not? You do the movie thing. Yeah, you do that. But, you know, if you want to have that, great. You can get hypnotizing people. You can have the ability to like hunt people by scent if you've fed on them before. You have a whole bunch of that, but I like that their big thing is they're like, oh, I'm my two good stats are hot and cold, Mm -hmm. which I don't think we actually went over the stats. I'll do that real quick. Oh, yeah. Let's do that real quick. Uh, Your four stats are hot, which is you are sexy and like outgoing and vibrant Mm -hmm. cold, which is you are calculating and like unemotional, unaffected by things. You're yes. And you're no. (laughs) Uh, you are volatile. Yeah. Uh, your volatile is just how, you know, volatile you are both physically and emotionally. Uh-huh. 
and then dark, which is sort of supernatural. Yes. Like, how spooky are you? Yes, exactly. So the vampire is hot and cold as their two things that they are good at. It's like, what are you? I'm very sexy, but very calculating. And I don't really want to fight people. My whole deal is manipulation. My favorite thing about the vampire is the sex move. Uh, the sex move for the vampire makes perfect sense for a vampire, which is whenever you deny someone sexually, you gain a string on them. Uh-huh. And whenever you finally succumb and have sex with someone, you lose all the strings you had on them because all of your power was based on denial and, and uh, being above them. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole like, no, we couldn't. I'm a monster. You wouldn't want yeah. to be with me. Uh, and then you're like, oh, I get a string because they're like, God damn it. I've got such blue balls for you. I want to fuck that vampire so fucking bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me fuck you. And dude. then when you finally do, you're like, oh, man, vampires suck at this. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> the reason you don't want to have sex with anyone is because you have it in 200 years and you're so bad. <laughs> or you never were very good at it in the first place. Now you're just immortal going through history sucking at this. <laughs> uh, next up is the werewolf. You know, standard werewolf. You freak out you beat the shit out of stuff you are the most physically imposing mm-hmm. like you and the chosen basically are the two physical ones yeah uh I think you the have ghoul too yeah you have a bunch of things that are like oh if you're in moonlight you can get some bonuses or defenses or whatnot yeah uh and you're critically acclaimed now you're in moonlight <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and if you're in moonlighting less so less critically acclaimed yes. <laughs> uh and then the witch uh, and, and the witch, which is the reason that we're doing this this month at all during Witchy Ween. Hey, witch. The witch is pretty straightforward. You get spells. Oh, yeah. Uh, the big deal with them is that they actually have kind of uh, to- totemic things that are happening because they can get sympathetic tokens, which are, are count as strings for the purposes of any move that requires you to count the number of strings on anybody. But they are actual physical objects that you have taken, like locks of their hair or a, a drop of their blood. Something or, significant to them. So if yeah. they're like, oh, this is like. The bracelet I never take off. If you manage to get that, that mm-hmm. would count as a token. Now, the only way to get them, you start with two, and the only other way to get them is is your sex move. When you have sex with someone, you can gain a sympathetic token from them, and then they know about it, and it's fine. They're, I mean, that or you just go steal something from you them. You can also do that. You can do them via a non-mechanical means by just saying, like, I'm going to steal something from their bag. Can we count it as a... Uh, as a sympathetic token, but there isn't any mechanized function for that. No. The only in-game written down thing for gaining uh, new tokens is, is sex moves. See, when I first read it, I was like, well, how do you get them then? Because they power the spells. They are only half of the way to power the spells. They're the way you do your spells in secret if you yes. want to do them rituals from a distance. But if you're mad and you want to cast a spell on someone right now and you don't have a token on them, that's fine. You can just get all witchy and look at them and chant in tongues and shit. Yeah, it's either I have a thing that I can chant a hex through or I make eye contact and say a spell and just very clearly act someone. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they also pro- probably have one of the more healthy sex moves out of everybody, along with the, uh, as we're talking about, the ghost. Since the witches is just when you have sex with someone, you get a token from them and they know about it and it's fine. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, you have sex with someone and they're like, oh, you're cool. Here's a thing that means something to me. So you get a sympathetic token and they uh, know that they gave it to you because they gave it to you. Yes. It's not like, Oh, yeah, I broke into this dude's house and, and took his, like, high school soccer trophy. Now, granted, there are only four things you can do with he- with sympathetic tokens in this game, uh, spell-wise, and none of them are nice. Um, the closest one is the one where you stop anyone from, stop the target from hexing anybody, or from hurting anybody. Yeah. But the rest of them are like, uh, you, you curse them with terrifying visions, you can see through their eyes for as long as you want to, uh, or they can't lie anymore. If they lie, they feel a terrifying buzzing in their ears. I think it's just five because there's also then, then there's wither. wither, which is that they fall apart. Yeah, it's the the sort of classic hex of withering someone where they're like, oh, their hair falls out or their teeth rot or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. 
Uh, and they're also the one that they start with two moves, get one more, but they only have five moves because they have a shitload of hexes. Yeah, but I mean, part of that is they start with two moves and get one more, but that's because one of those moves is the existence of sympathetic tokens. Yes. It doesn't actually do anything in-game other than exist. So really, it's like they start with one, which is the access to the hexes, and then one additional. There are a number of playbooks in here that get to pick two, and others that get one, and then one is automatically provided for them. Yeah, like, you know, like we said, the mortal always has a lover. That's one of your moves, and then you pick something else. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple different ways that they function. And then each one has an advancement track. Uh, Usually the advancement track has uh, fill-in dots for plus one to each of the four stats. Yep, you can ever only ever get plus one to any given stat, and only ever up to a plus three. Yeah, I mean, technically it is possible to get two plus ones to a stat. If you go, I'm going to take a move from the, cho- like, I'm a witch, and I'll take a move from the Chosen's playbook. What are you going to take? Plus one to dark. Yeah, that's not a move. Yeah, no, it, it, oh, you're right, you're right. It's not, it's that's not taking advancement. advancement, not a move. No, you're right, you got a good point there. Sir? Correct. Hey. Yeah. I know my shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I know what I'm about. Uh-huh. I'm just about the jokes. I don't really. I'm, not, I'm here for color commentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, you can never get above a three. Although mechanically, there's no way to get above a three anyway. Yeah. And uh, then there's also choose more of your own moves. Make up new moves for yourself in some situations. Yeah. Uh, take moves from other playbooks, and that's pretty much all there is until you get to the point where you're advancing into the realms of adulthood. Indeed. And the game really does go like you might get to the point where you're like, oh, you finish up the season and. Maybe you come back and someone will have like an adult move, but honestly, the game isn't a lot about that. Yeah. So having someone come back and be like, I'm a grown up and above all this, you're like, well, if you're above all this, you probably shouldn't be playing the fucking game. Yeah, though. you're only supposed to have like one adult move. You shouldn't be replacing all your moves with adult moves and playing a camp counselor or whatever. That's not Yeah, at that point you're just an adult and you aren't one of the characters. Yeah, their big suggestion for between season is yeah, you can take like one adult move, or probably more interesting, switch playbooks. You're like, just play someone else, do something else. Or even just switch playbooks, which I really like, which is what they were like. Maybe your character died during the summer and comes back as the ghost. Or you were a queen, but you fell into disfavor and uh, because you became obsessed with someone, and now you're the mortal. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, some of them are a little harder to explain than others. Like, if you're like, well, I, uh, I solved that problem I had with that demon I was codependent with because he was giving me stuff I was addicted to. Uh, and uh, instead, I decided that I'm constantly hungry for the sweet taste of human meat. I, it's hard to switch from some of them to the others, but others do lend themselves to natural progression and makes fun stories. I mean, I feel like most of them I go, oh, I could find a way to do that. The only ones that feel real weird to try and do are going from like vampire to werewolf and things like that. Where you're like, why am I not a vampire anymore? <laughs> because they use the special serum that translated you from vampire to lichen. <laughs> Have you learned nothing from Kate Beckinsale? But that is the one thing about the fact that every skin for advancement, two of the things you can take are moves from another skin. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to be like, no, I'm a werewolf, and then I took two moves from vampire. What up, bitches? Yeah. I'm underworld time. I got the lichens and the vampire uh, shit going. I'm that one guy that's like Kate Beckinsale's lover or cousin or whatever it was. <laughs> Both. He's like, full incest, full textually incest. in underworld. Yep, that's correct. Incest goes all the way deep in Underworld. So deep, put your ass to sleep. Uh-huh. Uh, Try and stop us, Len Wiseman. <laughs> uh, oh, shit, he probably can. He has money and power. Oh, no, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hide us. Quick, lock the garage. 
and then, of course, the book has a full uh, section for advice for the MC who's running this, which is great. Good advice. It's good advice. And then also. But I very seldom follow it. One of the things that I did like from Apocalypse World, which isn't my favorite game, but uh, like Vince Baker's advice in there is very good. And so there are sprinkled throughout just excerpts from Apocalypse World in here of like, hey, you know what's real good advice? Here's how you run a game. Yeah. Try and make people's lives interesting. Also, interesting doesn't mean fuck them over. It means interesting. Yeah. I like the very straightforward bit of advice in there that's like run the NPCs that are monsters as normal folks just trying to get by and the NPCs that are not monsters as cruel monsters. You know, just do the Frankenstein thing. Yeah. Just go as Mary Shelley as possible. <laughs> yeah. Just Turns be out like, the real monster is man. Yeah. Every zombie movie. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. The zombies are terrifying, but the real monsters are man. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Except for 28 days later. Then the real monsters are also man and these really fast fucking scary ass zombies. <laughs> scary fast zombies. <laughs> the real monster was Godzilla. Or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the real monster was Godzilla wearing Iron Man armor. Oh no. <laughs> so uh so yeah, good DM advice to round it out. Uh granted this is a a uh, non uh what's what I'm looking for uh a, uh symmetrical game. The rules for the the uh, MC in this game will never roll dice. No, it's just like any most PBTAs. It means moves that NPCs also don't function in the same way that PCs do. PCs have moves; they can roll dice, they can do stuff. An NPC either tries to do a thing and does it with advantage or disadvantage, depending on if they've got like a condition against them, or you do a move that puts them at advantage or disadvantage. And mostly it's just like, oh, this is just them influencing either oh, their followers like what's happening or they lose clout or whatever it happens to be. But the the MC is like, oh, I'm just I have a list of moves that I can do. I don't roll dice for them, but it's things like, oh, I can separate people or bring yeah. people together or cause something bad to happen in the future Whatever it happens to be, it's basically the same sort of list from the original Apocalypse world. Yeah. And, of course, the good advice from that that carries over of, like, don't announce you're doing a move. Never just say, like, ah, yes, you have done whatever, and now I'll do the hard move. Separate them. Yeah. You're like, no, they do something stupid, and you're like, all right, well, the gang leader grabs your friend and drags them off by their hair and then turns to you and is like, all right, do you want to have a conversation? Mm -hmm. Like. That's good. Never, like, have the mechanics come to the forefront for the MC. Yes. Yeah, and the way I was taught to play PBTAs way back when I first played Masks was don't let the mechanics come to the forefront for everybody. Wait until everyone says what they do, and then someone will assign a move to what that was. Oh, yeah. If you're like... But that doesn't have to be the way to play them. Yeah, if if you're doing the game, like I had said with Turn Someone On, if you're, like, describing how you get out of the pool after swim practice and you, you know, lithely towel off in front of the you know whatever character then the mc can go all right well it sounds like you're being fucking sexy let's see if you turn them on i would love to do that be like yeah i uh, luxuriously rise from the pool by doing that push up and shoot myself out of the water thing that water polo players can do uh even from the deep deep end and then i grab lustfully a towel and like okay roll to turn on i'm not rolling to turn on how dare you this is about me This is only for me. You said lustfully. I'm attracted to towels. I'm 
going to take this towel and fuck it. I'm not making love to the towel. This is lust, not love. Your towel fucks, Max. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's yeah. that's for the most part the game. It's a it's a chaotic examination of uh, teenage behavior through the lens of real monsters. Ah, real monsters, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> my new my new skins for that Ickus. Oblina and Crumb. <laughs> And I guess, like, the Zorch and stuff, you know. Oh, my skin, the Gromble. <laughs> I would play the Gromble in Heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, that's the four-legged teacher thing, right? No. No, I always forget that. Okay. Yeah, the Gromble is a big, weird thing. Okay, that's right, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, hey, uh, why don't you come on down to our Patreon and check out the bonus content, because I think we're just about done over here. Just about. We haven't gone over the no- things we normally do, but, you know. Oh, 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 shoot, you're right. You're right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, wait, the Gromble was the teacher, Fuck yes. Mm. Oh, it feels so good. See, I was used to someone telling me that the Gromble wasn't the teacher, because I always thought the Gromble was the teacher. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, it just feels good right now. I'm going to ride in this for just a moment while That's I fine. ask you what your favorite thing about Monster Hearts First Edition was. Uh, I said it super early on in the review. I love the fact that this starts out with like, hey, there is no like unconditional acceptance. Go into this with the idea of like, no, if someone's being nice to you, it's because they want something from you. And it might be that they want your friendship, but it's not like... Let the record show he just threw up air quotes. Yes. Uh, And, you know, maybe they think, oh, I just want to be friends with this person. But they probably don't. They probably want to use you for something. Mm -hmm. And it's taking that teenage paranoia of like, I'm not good enough or other people only want me because of X or nobody wants me because of X and going, Oh, that's not paranoia. That's the way things work. And then throwing you into that world. Yeah. That fucking it rules and is also terrifying for a game. And is why I'm like, Oh, for sure. This is one where I go. Normally I don't use the, you know, safety mechanics for a lot of things. Cause I generally trust the people I'm with. This is one where I would assume that might get used. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your favorite thing in Monster oh, Hunts? It's got to be the part where it takes my usual complaint about seduction rules in games and throws it out the window so hard it goes the other direction. Yep. Uh, I just I love that shit where it's like, you don't get to say whether or not you're turned on by people. Yeah. It's just going to happen. And then you have to figure that shit out. <laughs> you are a teenager and you don't know what the fuck is happening to you. Yeah. This shit is weird. And you know, I don't even like that, uh, applying that lens of teenager to it. Like, you never know what's going to fucking happen when you wake up in the morning when you're a grown-ass adult, and you go outside and the hottest person of the same gender as you in the world walks by, and you're like, what the? God damn. Okay. No, I'm starting to see this. Yeah. You know, you see someone, and you're like, damn, what a nice ass. And then you get in front of them, and you're like, that is a dude. Okay. Well, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, I like that quite a bit. I like it enough that they're in the book went ahead and put it into the rules like twice Yep. where they were like, Hey, just to reiterate when someone girls turn you on, there is nothing you can just say to get out of it. No. If they succeed at turning you on, they succeed at turning you on. Yeah. Yeah. Like granted, I'm sure that I'm probably walking into a complex, uh, sexual attraction based minefield right now, uh, where people are going to be like, well, what if I'm pure ace or whatever? And I'm like, I get it. I understand. But for me, that was my favorite thing because it represented very well my own college and high school experiences. Great. All right. What was your least favorite thing? You know, there's not a lot I dislike about this game 
really, if I'm going to find anything, yeah. it's the base mechanical stuff that it comes from. The fact that I've never been huge on Please, powered by huge. the apocalypse. Oh, I've been uh, done been and am huge. Yeah. Ladies. <laughs> uh, I've never been big on the whole apocalypse world mechanics. Some do it better than others. I do think this book takes the seven to nine and doesn't just make it either. You fucked up. There is no success except for a 10 plus. Kind of hate those. That's the worst PBTAs. Yeah. The, the PBTAs that are like seven to nine. Oh, you suck ass and everyone hates you and you get one special little thing or the seven to nine is you don't shit yourself while doing this. Yes. The, the, the worst ones for me are the ones where seven through nine does nothing. We're like, well, roll to hit that guy. Great. I rolled an eight. Okay. So you can hurt yourself, but also hurt them or nothing happens. And I'm like, nothing happens should never be an option. I hate no. that. Like that. That's the only part I dislike. The part where you're like, well, if you roll a seven, it's usually the spell functionality. Usually seven through nine on a spell is like you cast it. And also there are no unpredictable or dangerous side effects. Um, you know, I get that. I like the idea of backfires being a part of the seven through nine. And that's what I like about it in here. Seven through nine is yes, but. My least favorite ones are the ones where it's on a 10, choose three of these. On a seven through nine, choose one of these. And I'm like, that's just boring. Yeah. So generally the seven to nine range for me, especially in a game like this, I think the only thing that's really holding a lot of stuff back is the fact that you are never going to engage with like half of the game because you start with, Half of my stats are bad. Half of my stats are okay. Uh, and then I'll probably put my plus one into one of the ones I'm good at just so I can be consistently good at it. Yes. Which means if you're like, oh, I'm bad at dark. I'm never going to ask questions or gaze into the abyss or do anything spooky. And it, because the six below is just like, oh, you fuck up. And then the, DM gets to do something bad to you. I'm like, yeah, you're like, I'm not going to bother. I'm there's enough engage. results on those D sixes that I'm just never going to do anything with a minus one. Most of the time I will fail. I don't need that. Right. So eh, that's just me not liking general PBTA less. So this game, but that is my least favorite thing. What about you? I'm inclined to agree, but rather than just saying the same thing, I've already talked a little bit about how I didn't feel like the edginess for its own sake was necessary in the descriptions of conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's probably my least favorite thing, largely just because there's no parody to it. Like if there had been the kind of triumphant, I apply the condition of homophobe to that guy, that would have been something for me to would have. It, it's just a thing. But more so, I actually do just generally agree with you that PBTA has never quite buttered my biscuits. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a fault of the game, which is a brilliantly uh, written game with a lot of interesting thematic ideas. Great skins. I like almost everything about this, except for the fact that it's in PBTA. This happens a lot when we're doing OGL stuff as well. So, yes. so let's not... Let's not say it's impossible for Monster Hearts to rock. Because watch this. Hey, John, would you play this? Oh, of course I would. Yeah, see, look at that. I And the thing is, even all that, the reason this one manages to rise above my normal dislike for the PBTA mechanics is because the game is about, like, interesting, shitty choices. Failure in Monster Hearts feels like mechanically... Yeah, I failed, but something interesting should happen. Yes. Like, 
in a game where I'm just like, oh, I'm playing Dungeon World or whatever, I'm like, failure in Dungeon World doesn't feel like anything interesting. Yeah, There's it, no driving force behind that. It feels like missing in D&D, where you're like, well, you missed. Yep. All right, wait 20 minutes until it's your turn again. Yeah, where are you like, oh, what did you do? I failed to pick a lock. Yes, you did. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. And so the seven and nines and the failures in this do generally feel like, oh, there's a reason I might want to fail. And the same thing with the sex moves where you're like, oh, if you do this, you're just like handing strings to someone or giving up your power. You're like, yeah, but like narratively, I would want to do that. I would want to fuck over my character because I think it would be interesting. Yeah, exactly. You're perfectly content to be, especially if you have one of those sex moves that's just straight up bad for you, like the vampire. Yeah. Uh, where if you finally succumb and have sex with someone, then yeah, you, you wish you didn't because you just lost all the power you had over them, but you did have sex with them. Yeah. And you're a was, teenager, so you're like, fuck yeah, I just had sex. Yeah, I'm like, and that is a great narrative thing to be like, okay, when is it worth it for you to lose that power? Like, it asks an interesting narrative question instead of just being, hey, this sucks. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I would also play this game for pretty much the exact same reasons. I Initially on reading it, I was kind of like, oh, it doesn't really have an end goal. I don't know if I care about that then. But then the advice was smart about how you should yeah. just lean into the drama and let the crazy shit happen. And I was like, all right, I would like to see that. It'd be a fun way to play for like a, a, a quick session with some people. It's just get messy, get fast, double dare. Yeah, I would... Like, I don't think I would want to do multiple seasons of it, but I could see myself doing a full season of Monster Hearts and just be like, yeah, I'm willing to do multiple sessions in just shitty, messy teenage drama. And then as soon as it's like, oh, and then the season ends, I'd be like, cool, I'm I'm good with that. We'll and make I'm new done. characters and do Degrassi the next generation instead, though. It's fine. Yeah, we can do the, uh, we'll do Bratz, uh, but we're all the monsters, whatever that one is, Monster High. Monster High, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> or we could do the one from the 70s where, uh, Sco where it was Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. Yeah. That was the weirdest fucking show or movie. It's fine. We'll do a session of Monster Hearts, but we're all the groovy ghoulies. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to be the funky phantom even. <laughs> God, playing the ghost skin in this as the funky phantom would make me hate everything, but especially you. <laughs> Even if you weren't doing it, if I was you at a table at me, yeah, if I was at a table and someone else was the funky phantom, I would text you and be like, "I hate you so much." <laughs> well, at least I'll know why. <laughs> It'll take some of the edge off. Yeah. You know how anxious I get. Yeah, you'd get a text from me, and it's just like, "I hate you so much," and you're like, "Oh, funky phantom." Someone's funky phantoming. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Why won't anyone notice me? <laughs> I'm one of the founding fathers. Come on. There you go. <laughs> so in summation, play this game as the ghost and be the funky phantom. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Or as uh, the vampire be speed buggy. Don't worry. It, it does line up. <laughs> it fully lines up. It's fine. You need to read into it. You're though. just going to read it. It's, it. it's between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, so, you know, as always, head over to patreon.com slash systemmastery. Support us to get the bonus content where we will make characters in the game we just reviewed. Uh, that's at the $2 per month tier. What a deal. Yes. Try and find entertainment that cheap anywhere else in the country these days. I bet you can't. Or in any country. Your country. I don't know where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, we'll get new patrons where I don't know what the fuck that currency symbol just was. And I have to look it up because I'm always just, like, interested in that. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so you know. Please do continue to support us and check that out. You'll get all kinds of bonus content that dates back for a decade. 
That's right. And <laughs> go ahead and check out The World Below from Onyx Path on Backer Kit. Hey, hey I remembered what the ad was. Wow, nice work. Look that at me remembering great, things. Great deal. Backerkit.com. Google The Darkest World. The World Below. The World Below. Don't Google The Darkest World. <laughs> Don't Google that. You remember the beginning of the episode. I can't even remember the previous sentence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, should, I should see someone. <laughs> I've got problems. I, I, I'm not going to remember too, though. So otherwise, there are other levels you can support us at. So by all means, go check that out and support us. If you can't, we understand. These are difficult times. I feel like we've just been saying that for 10 years and we'll never, ever get to stop. Look, it's always difficult times. Capitalism exists. Yeah. So, so hey, uh, you know, if you can't do that, just rate and review us wherever you happen to listen to the show or buy our many fine books available on Amazon or Simon & Schuster or whatever. They're the ones written by Jeff Aldrich and John Taylor, because that's us. That's right. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time when it's a little less weenie and a little more sweater weather.